0: You don't know those people. There could be only there one are? people. There could be.
1: I mean, there's so- solid What are we talking about? How, how many, many people, people there are? People.
2: No, we're talking about the news.
3: Oh. oh.
1: Well, yeah. how many people could be the news?
4: Right. How many people does it take to be the news?
2: Okay, so let's do the
4: math here. If there's, what, 8 billion
3: if, people
2: divided by 15 minutes of fame each.
3: If there are many- no <laughs> people, did the news <laughs> actually happen?
2: So it's July 25th, 2022, and we're taco about the news.
3: I guess we got to roll the video then. Roll the tape
2: with the broken finger.
3: Roll the finger. (laughs) Not that finger.
2: Welcome to Black Hills Information Security, talking about the news. It is July 25th, 2022. I'm your host, Sad Boy. No, wait, that's (laughs) not my name. Sorry. Corey is my name. And uh, we have an illustrious cast here of Ryan, the Shootist at RGP Photo G.
3: He just needed that extra consonant. It's it's a word, Photog. No, it's
2: Photo G, like you're the OG of photo.
3: It's Photog.
2: It's photog? What is photog?
3: Is that German for photography? It's short. It's because photography is too long, so I shortened it.
2: Okay, photog. We also got They're Noah, right. who still to just explain one Explain your own username to you. You should upgrade uh to more that like you should upgrade to a bigger screen, Noah. So you're not just one
3: pixel. Like he is a square though. So I made sure it was a square. <laughs> Everyone's
2: a square. We have Ian with an exclamation point, specifically how he wanted it pronounced. Ian. That's
3: right. You just yell it.
0: You have yeah. to yell
2: it. It's it, that's the problem with one-syllable <laughs> names. <laughs> one-syllable names are dangerous like that. That's why if right. your name's like Frankenfluffer or something, no one can yell at you angrily.
4: There's a yeah. for a lot of reasons, but <laughs> syllables aren't the only reason. Okay, maybe. Right? Yeah.
2: Okay, so maybe that's a cat name. I'm not gonna lie. I may foster cats, so all the names that go through my head are just cat oh, names.
0: I gotcha. Frankenfluffer's sounded- on there. That sounded very much like Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue. It's like, why'd you give me this name? I called you Frank and Fluffer because I knew I wouldn't be around to make you." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what a cat named Frank and Fluffer looks like, but if anyone finds it, let me know. Actually, I do. And I will post the picture in Discord later. <laughs> okay. And oh then God, lastly, we I have Mike, do. Silicon Shecky. He's made out of silicon carbide, the hardest something. I don't know. He's, just, he wins the award for most cluttered office, narrowly edging out Ian.
1: <laughs> I guess sure. I got to put more clutter in then. Yeah, yeah.
2: you need to no. you need to take the win. Also, I'm sure Ian's is actually blue screen or green screen. So
1: no, 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 no
4: green screen today. Sure, it's just, no, is, it's, it's really that messy.
2: Sure, uh, he's improved his. Oh, he's. Uh, whoa, whoa, he. I don't know how he's doing that.
1: Meat fakes, lots of deep fakes. fakes. No, the green screen was still behind him. He's just got it pushed further back.
3: It's a psych wall. It's a psych I'm wall. assuming
2: he's evolving.
1: Yeah, I, uh,
0: I I got rid of my daughter's bedroom directly behind this wall. I'm like, I'm sorry. It's for a gag. Um, <laughs> you, have to, you have to move it's out. It's going be fantastic. I'll build you a new wall later.
4: That's fine.
2: Yeah, you're like, why did I knock down the wall? Well, there's this thing called talking about the news. Yeah. And it's kind of <laughs> like a thing. And I'm sorry, but your bedroom no longer yeah, exists.
3: And we have dozens of people watching, so we got to do this gag.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Dozens. And she is dozens. one of them angrily commenting, you guys suck. I wish I could give me my bedroom back. Y'all aren't my real dad. I am actually real <laughs> dad. But the rest of you <laughs> For the record, we were not involved in any wall smashing.
3: No, no.
4: Well, you weren't anyhow. Mm. So are we got to so talk about it? the news.
3: Yeah. What happened? Let's talk about it. What do you want to talk about, Corey?
2: I mean, obviously we have to hit the ransomware region official check in. Mm. It's a recurring segment where we talk about how people are dumb and click things. Wait, no, that's that's me. That's bad security practitioners, is that blame I guess, people I for clicking things. Yeah. What I mean is that people are dumb and they send ransomware campaigns. There we go.
0: Mm.
2: I like that. So that's DOJ cool. apparently seized some ransoms paid by I guess what is a health center, or we just is that Like hospitals, I'm assuming. I don't really know what a health center is. Kansas Medical Center. Kansas, Colorado. Wait, Kansas, Kansas and Colorado, or is there a place called Kansas?
0: Can we just assume that if you name your town after another town in a different state, that you're not going to understand security? Like (laughs) we had, we had. Everyone was like Dallas County. Dallas County, like, oh my gosh, that whole you know, brouhaha with coal fire and whatnot. And I was like, well, like oh, in Texas, no. have, uh, So no, this is on the news. In Dallas County. This right. is
2: on uh, the media outlet that wrote this article because I think it's Kansas and Colorado, not a place called Kansas, Colorado, although it is funny to imagine that it exists. So this is uh, Tuesday. There was an international conference on cybersecurity at Fordham University. None of us were invited, obviously. Uh, this is talking about Maui. The group encrypted the servers and said they would the ransom payment would double they paid but now they got a refund they got their money back
1: no do not try this at home
2: do not try this at home (laughs) do not pay unless i guess you're really desperate and hope the government will give you your money back or you have really good cyber insurance
3: Did they give a timeline for this because you know i'm wondering did they really get their money back if they paid in crypto
2: it says here, uh, from the yes. money laundering account, we seized ha- approximately half a million dollars in ransom payments and the cryptocurrency used to launder those payments. So, they were like partially through the way of laundering the money and they you know, kind of cut Now the that's stream. worth
3: like 200,000 instead of whatever it was. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah.
2: They're like... Uh, I mean, the, the, the government, last, ad- <laughs> the government the
0: advised to hold year, on. So. so, I mean, this is, this is an interesting thing that we're seeing a lot of, right? Even in the cryptocurrency community, people are saying, oh, it's supposed to be distributed. It's supposed to be whatever. And there was a, a, a research paper that came out recently that said, hey, this stuff isn't as distributed as you think at the, at the top tiers. And law enforcement has figured that out, that at some point when they start cashing out big numbers, because there's only, only so many Lambos you can buy with crypto, uh, even when they start trying to cash this out, there's still hooks that you can go after that are part of the regular financial system. And that's how a lot of this stuff is happening. They're saying as soon as this wallet tries to exit through whatever Tumblr and they're watching all this stuff, they're then able to use those standard mechanisms. And I'd be shocked if that that isn't exactly how this happened.
2: So, yeah, it just says additional blockchain analysis. There's companies that do blockchain analysis. Like Ian said, it's actually really easy to track these payments in certain cases. And the biggest reason is because of the sums. Like you have, uh, you know, a sum of like a hundred million dollars. Even if you launder that money, like when you go to withdraw a hundred million dollars from anywhere, everyone's going to be like, "Sorry, what? Like, what you're withdrawing? How much? Like, it triggers so many red flags." Even just watching, because it's all in a public ledger. We That's talk about this on the hashtag CoinSec podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. We have even have guests that talk that run these companies that do um, blockchain uh, sleuthing, basically. And it is easy or not easy, but it is possible to do like clustering, even if they use intentional obfuscation and mixers and like tornado cash and all that stuff. It is possible because it's a public ledger. Unlike, you know, the Cayman Islands, like Panama Papers kind of stuff. It's not public. You can't just be like, how much money do you have in your bank account? Like you can't. So it is a gift and a curse for, for criminals. But in general, I don't think this is a great example. The people that for years have been saying, Oh, blockchains just for illegal activities it's actually really worse to use for illegal activities if we're honest like because the ledger's public it's easy to track and because it's kind of a tied oftentimes the values are tied to their own protocols so like tornado cash doesn't have a hundred million dollars in it you're trying to launder that much money you can't do it so
0: no yeah i actually put in the private chat so Ryan, if you want to share that the uh crypto whale and a, a bunch, there's there's Twitter accounts that literally post and watch when large crypto payments move and say yep. hey this is these people are moving tons of money and they're watching. Well, say hey someone just offloaded hundred million in Bitcoin. It, it's not even you don't even need a warrant. You just follow Twitter. Yeah, right? and
2: the other crazy thing we've talked about is when when these whales get doxed or if they're public about their wealth, they are immediate targets for attacks. yeah, um, There was a Coinbase vulnerability last year, and this was covered on uh, the Darknet Diaries podcast, where it would expose their balance in their account. So they could... C- attackers filtered through thousands or millions of these Coinbase accounts, and when they find accounts that are whales that have high value, bam, they hit them with, you know, phishing attacks or whatever. So, Sure. Stay anonymous and you if you have a, a large of amount are of crypto. You're
0: probably not very technically savvy to know, like, what's going on beyond... I've got this hardware ledger or this whatever. Ronwin! Hi! Hey! I made Hello. it! Coming to us live via Daddy Elon's
3: Sky Star-like Internet. Star-like Enterprise. Yeah.
5: Okay, Elon has never yet hit a deadline he has ever set. <laughs> but, you know what? Better late than never.
0: No, that's anyway, great. Yeah. It's so,
5: uh, on the, the topic, I mean, this... I don't know. Cryptocurrencies and all that. Who needs a uh, warrant when you've got OSINT? Yep.
2: <laughs> well, you need the warrant to seize the funds once you find where they went. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which,
5: is the, which is what
0: the which is what the government for, did.
5: But to figure out know who though? to target. I mean, who needs a warrant? You've got OSINT.
0: No, I I'm, oh. I'm I'm dead serious and folks that are watching and are in the chat if you've got better legal experience than I do, but my understanding of most financial services rules around any sort of money being transferred that if you even think that it's related to illegal activities, the bank can basically put a hold on it until, uh, you know, either it's proven otherwise or the law enforcement officers, you know, get the warrant to release it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's a good point. Warrant required to seize the funds. Yes. Warrant required to freeze the funds. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think, it would be funny. I'm sure there's a phishing campaign being developed right now where the, it's, a you know, c- claiming to be the government and saying they've seized the funds and they need to send them to this blockchain address. But yeah, I mean, I guess don't, don't try this at home. Like I said, don't assume you're going to get your money back. <laughs> um, it doesn't actually say in the article that the money is being returned to the victims. Um, and if you think about it, this Maui ransomware, it's not like they only hit two or three people. They seize X amount of money. It could be split amongst the victims evenly or however they decide to do it. There's no guarantee you get this back, even though this is an example of where it is possible. And it's good that the government's going after them.
5: Well, and especially if they're following anything similar to what happens in a class action suit, there's so many different factors that come into play in terms of how that money might be distributed. And, you know, one person might wind up getting five cents. Another person might wind up getting 5 million. And I'm so glad I'm not on the committee that has to make those decisions
0: i mean i assume you mean the lawyers get the five million and then the committee figures out (laughs) the two cents at the end and how to
5: actually years ago one of these days offline let's talk about when my grandmother's hip replacement hardware was recalled that was a fun adventure
4: oh my god yeah i I just love that you made the comparison to class action lawsuit like that because all i can think of is now uh like random commercials that pop up on hulu or whatnot that are like, were you attacked by the Conti ransomware group between the years of this and this? Like, <laughs> did you click? Did, no, did you click on a free iPad? Legal compensation. Oh,
2: <laughs> okay, but in the in the class I'm action really example, down. what product would they give for free? Like, what? Like, you know how they're like, like you know, like the Red Bull one, where they're like, okay, you can either have five dollars or a case of Red Bull. Would it be like, you can either have five dollars <laughs> or a USB stick? Like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, it's got to be like, uh, you can have $5 or a year of free VPN service. Uh, or
4: you
2: know. <laughs> free investing advice, crypto investing advice.
0: One
4: yeah. year of free identity protection.
2: I mean, I will say what happens if they, okay, so what happens if they make the payment, and get, and then they, they would claim on their cyber insurance, get the payout from cyber insurance, and then they get the money back. Is it like double dipping? Like, do they have to pay the money back to the cyber
0: insurance? It's there just an in- are rules around that there's actually a statute of limitations on it um and i and again someone who not a lawyer but i I know for oh the bots are back hey bots so the uh there's a statute of limitations on things like that that if an insurance company pays out and later it turns out that uh and where these come from often are faked deaths like some Uh, parent just leaves and they pay the death benefit and then five or ten years later they come back As long as you have a uh, legal death certificate and it went through all the process, nah, like they're not they're not going to do anything. They just they're just going to write it off. Mm -hmm. I just wonder
2: how you prove uh, you paid a ransom. Like, do you give them like blockchain ledger? Like, here's the transaction where we paid five hundred thousand to Maui ransom. Like, it's just what is the legal or what is like the equivalent of a death certificate for ransomware? It's like our network was dead for four minutes. Here's the here's the internet log.
0: It's a jira (laughs) ticket. It's weird. a
2: ticket.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> ticket, take off, take down the internet, please. Thank you.
1: I would imagine it would be because a lot of the places seem to go through third parties that actually understand the crypto better or have their own crypto wallets. I would assume that it would be that third party that's, uh, plays, that's actually doing the final transaction would give a receipt to said company for their legal purposes, for their insurance purposes.
0: You, you, huh. you want me to make it even dirtier? Because I can, and not dirty like that. That
2: sounds, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say that already sounds terrible. But no, please, but just we, just we already have business
0: concepts dirty. Like, What's that? It, we already was, have bots in the chat. We don't need you make right. it dirtier. That's right. No, I meant more, more. I don't know, scummy. Maybe that's the right word. So Sle- often, sleazy, with, maybe sleazy. Yeah, definitely sleazy. So often, the legal firms that handle uh, incident response and IR have contracted with these other companies. So the same way that you would do incident response and what, and you have a, a major legal you know, firm actually representing you to to help manage lawsuits and things like that. uh, One of the things that they might help you do is one, set it up so that you never get the advice or anything like that from directly from the other people that you're dealing with. You're always working through the lawyers to maintain attorney client privilege. And then the other thing that they do is by working through those lawyers, those lo- law firms then have agreements with the companies that you're talking about to say, my client needs you to wire, you know, $100,000 or whatever it is to this organization. But you don't get a bill for the Bitcoin. You get a bill for services rendered from the lawyers. So on paper, you know, having that $100,000 in extra stuff doesn't raise any questions in legal fees. And they've always got plausible deniability around hey my lawyer did this my lawyer advised attorney client privilege i don't know how it got paid but it got paid and that's it all
4: i know is i told so and so to fix it and they fixed it it.
0: it's the mafia mentality yeah
2: it's so sketchy the real the other funny thing would be uh you know i wonder if those third parties like try to scam the ransomware people and just Mm -hmm. keep the money like (laughs) like be like oh yeah uh, they sent the payment and then just don't like you know all the scamming techniques you could use like fake PayPal, omit the charges, send it to the wrong address, like all the fun scams you could run, and then just keep the money. And be like, well, oh, sucks to suck, they got the payment, but
1: well, I would I would assume that some uh, shadier companies might do something like that when they negotiate down because I've heard of places that a lot of these places will try and negotiate payment down a bit, and they'll work on it and say, okay, this is how much we can actually afford this is how much our client can actually afford. Why don't you go with this? How, how do we know that they're not skimming off the top in those instances?
2: Oh
0: God. Yeah.
1: You know, it
2: sounds terrible. And I would recommend just, uh, not getting ransomware. Oh, easy, yeah. cho- Easy
0: choice. Oh, pro tip everybody.
2: So on the next topic of the ransomware corner is, uh, apparently there's been some details released about the whole Costa Rican government thing. We did talk about that in the past and, uh, this is the Conti Ransomware group. Uh, they had a five-day intrusion they used. Yeah, basically, bad things happen in Costa Rica. John actually talked about it. i really ban that bot. Ryan, you want to do that?
0: I already did once. <laughs> but I need a new AI dating service for all. What would be yeah, the AI dating? What is AI dating? Is it dating is,
4: AIs or if the AI is helping us date people? Is it so, your robot dating better.
2: someone else's robot? Like, yes, does everyone right. code? Does every, do, do I like code first up a robot? You
4: train a machine learning model, and then once you have the model trained, you put it on this site, and it dates other machine learning models. I kind of <laughs> like that, and then the what? one that gets the most
2: matches like wins the tournament. I kind of like this.
4: Yes. No,
1: and that's how. And then they have little baby AIs, and that's how Skynet is born. Oh, right.
2: That makes sense. So, anyway, basically, uh, the. Yeah, this is kind of famous because the op notes for Conti have been leaked. They use Cobalt Strike. They kind of, they were basically just like a pen test firm gone wrong is what it looked like. But yeah. the Ministry of Finance was totally <laughs> locked out. Um, there's basically some fun little details like watching them totally run pen testers. Like they use the NL test command line tool to enumerate domain trusts. So and they use invoke Sharefinder, which is something I use almost every day. <laughs> like they did you know they did use PS exec which is kind of embarrassing on their part i mean you can do better than that basically this is it worth a read if you're a defender because it should let you sleep at night a little bit um because a lot of the tools they use are things that you probably know how to detect or that you're familiar with they definitely use a lot of let's call them common tools like mm-hmm. this screenshot of using PS exec cmd.exe to run a cobalt strike dll could be straight out of, like, pen testing 101.pdf, or like, any pen test report.
0: <laughs> right. Well
2: wow. So, so um,
5: basically, you're saying this is not a sophisticated attack?
2: Oh, well, it's extremely sophisticated <laughs> for for Costa Rica, apparently, but... That, for... that depends
4: on if Corey's running the commands or not. If Corey's running the commands, it's extremely sophisticated. Right.
2: I will say,
0: I... I, if top I, top I top haven't... Doing it.
2: I haven't That's used Exec for, like years because it's very heavily ioc'd and i don't know how they're not detecting this but basically it's worth a read it's a fun little sad slash interesting foray into how easy you can breach the Costa Rican government apparently if you're just conti that's it for the ransomware corner does anyone have any comments on that i'm sure john knew more about the whole costa rica thing on account of sure going there a lot
0: yeah uh, I mean, the one thing I would say is this, and kind of trying to, you know, raise the the positivity level in a in a in a manner of speaking, is this is a really interesting case study. In you got to think, and I got to turn this game down because I'm way too close. The um, you got to think that the Costa that Conti attacking the Costa Rican government, right? Would they do this to the United States government? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Would they do it? To Russia? Obviously not. Uh, Would they do it to other superpowers that have the ability to uh, use kinetic response? And we talked about this before. Uh, It'd be very interesting to see if now they've done this with Costa Rica, if then it's not the Bahamas or other smaller nations that they know, hey, we can do this all day long and we don't have to worry about pretty much anything. Uh, but we do it in the US or China or Russia or something like that and you can't even get on a plane you're getting detained so I would say it
2: probably that depends that. i mean I, I will say most of these ransomware organizations have like remember we talked about the bug bounty if you mm-hmm. can dox if you can dox a ransomware uh, operator you get a million dollar bug bounty so it's supposed to be theoretically impossible to figure out who this is which mean they can attack anyone uh willy nilly but i mean this Conti group has i think been torn down and like they leaked their op nodes. They like when the Ukraine Russia thing hit, people were like leaking. Like it was, they've kind of been torn apart by themselves, classic criminals. Um, but it's interesting to think. I mean, who knows? I guess the, hopefully the government's better at doxing people than I am. But mm. if you have a backbone wire cap at, a, or a Wireshark running at every ISP, it shouldn't be that hard. Right. <laughs>
0: All right. No more ransomware. No more. No more. It's done. That was the last time. I,
2: I just solved it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you gave some really good advice. Don't get ransomware.
2: So wait, this is weird because there's a there's an article in here about the uh an Apple malware. I don't how can it how can malware run on Mac OS? I thought it was unhackable. That, that's
4: gotta be fake news because Apple can't get infected with malware. It can, it can't, right? <laughs> no, guys. I actually
5: should. worked for a boss who believed that. <laughs> I did. And every time it's like, don't you have any antivirus anything on your mac no it's not a problem for mac users it's like yeah i think you're oh well i don't work there anymore
2: no uh-huh. av right no <laughs> how many what do you think the percentage of uh mac users that run an av or edr on their system is like out of curiosity
0: enterprise or just a user About either one
5: well, Enterprise, they may not have a choice. Right. So right. that kind yeah. of skews the results.
4: I mean, the, the thing um, with it is, in general, consumer antivirus is really not great anyways. But that is true. That is true. I mean, I, I would argue that you're any more, especially with Windows devices, you're better to just use Defender. That's you're going to be your best consumer antivirus. So when you're talking about Mac, you're like, oh, what are you going to put on it? Uh, it Norton? I will say, subjectively, having tested these products
2: on macOS, they're not amazing. They're like the last time I tested a very well-known EDR vendor's product on macOS, you could just uninstall it. It had no like mm-hmm. protection. Had no like it, you could literally just run a command to uninstall it on the command line. It mm-hmm. wouldn't really Ouch. put up a fight. So, but it, obviously, it's a moving target. Things have probably changed. But the article is basically Cloudmensis, which is a really fun name, but. Uh, uses public cloud storage for C2, which is kind of fun. Basically, just like a ransomware type of deal. It's, I guess, what do they call it? Type two ransomware where they exfiltrate and then.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, they tra- they do like an extortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, that's uh, the, the thing I find interesting about it is, is yeah, like Bronwyn said, it absolutely is a scenario where a lot of folks just think, oh, I don't have to worry about this. I've got a Mac. But, yeah, I mean, if you've got those folks out there, uh, you know, and talking to the folks in your enterprises or anything, yeah, no, it absolutely can run. It's just not to the benefit of the attackers. Uh, we started to see an uptick in Apple malware once Apple got popular again. But there were probably years when attackers are like, hmm, I can, I can write this malware to run in, you know, on an Apple, uh, you know, and uh, maybe I'll get two people or I can spend it on, you know, Windows. What would be appropriate at the time, like Windows 2000 Server, and get millions of people right. infected. Well, it's and, and there are some
4: added benefits to Mac. Like not to discount, like Mac is mm-hmm. got some stuff that makes it almost more inherently in, like more inherently secure than Windows. And the fact that you're not just always running as admin. I mean, a lot of times in your consumer Windows devices, you set up an admin account, and that's it. So, if you get malware on that box, you can easily get your escalation to your like system level control where you right. can access all of the accounts on that device whereas mac uh tends to segment you off a little more um and help prevent some of that. I'm not saying it's infallible, and you can still totally set up your your high priv account to your mac, but it's less it's not running in that same instance in that same context that it does on mm-hmm. windows
2: well there's also no hilariously easy privilege elevation like user account control bypasses like services there's hundreds um i mean and to to put the you know put the record straight on this this malware basically hit four zero days from 2017 and a couple of vulnerabilities that were published in 2020 that's pretty old stuff Mm
4: -hmm.
2: but they're still trying to use it like they created these accounts to, to use this tool in like january 2022 right the, the article i think serves they went in with old stuff old vulnerabilities that didn't work anymore unless someone had no patch since 2020 and basically the the article more than anything is just kind of saying the the co- authors of this program aren't super advanced and aren't super familiar with mac like um but i think the the takeaway they were trying to say is that people are writing malware for mac You're not like, you know, the joke we made at the beginning where Bronwyn said that one of her leaders used to really believe that Mac couldn't be hacked. That's obviously not true. There's tons of time and effort being put into developing it, So
4: Yeah. And I I would say there's specific types of malware. I mean, feel free to disagree. I I would love a a disagreement on that. But I think as ransomware has gotten more popular, we've seen more Mac style ransomware work because it's running in the user space. That's where all the files are kept, that they're of, of any value. Um, I've I know I've seen a couple things of of Mac OS ransomware at this point that are aimed towards consumers. That I'm like, oh yeah, yeah it makes sense. You well, have a part- you have a twelve hundred dollar computer or more sitting on your desk. You might have some. You might have some money to shell out when you get your files encrypted. You know.
5: Well, part but, of it also, I I think jumping on board is also who's your target audience. Who what yeah. is it that you're looking to exfiltrate or to lock in. A lot of creatives uh, Sorry about the
0: true, clocks true. in the background.
5: I, I mean, love if, you look,
0: clocks, so no
5: <laughs> if you look at who is using Macs most, you're going to see Mac use high-
0: Uh-oh. 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 Elon, no, right, Elon disagrees. Good. Oh, Elon disagrees.
4: Elon, Elon has to the satellite. So, I-, I think I got to get what you're saying though. Like, There's a lot more like uh, IP type material on those on those machines in
0: general. Did my general, connection that, come back up yet? Oh back. yeah, oh, yeah back. Back.
5: Uh, shoot! Come on,
0: please. Oh no, we can hear you. No, you're you're back.
5: Okay. <laughs> um, Sterling is is far better than what I had before, but it still isn't a hundred percent. But we anyway, tweeted what I was trying-
0: Elon when you dropped off, and he was like on it.
5: <laughs> so, but basically, if you look at all of the the creative houses, so your film, your your uh, television, all of those places, and anything having to do with the arts, high arts, they're going to have a higher use of Mac use because partly marketing and partly the interface appeals to people who are on the creative side more than, say, the Windows interface, which has been targeted for years, for decades, strictly at business. So if you're looking that you want to get if you want to ransomware the latest Marvel film, then Mac is who you're going to want to target because sure. if you can lock up those files or lock up files associated with the production. That could have a nice payday.
1: Yeah, which using- is why, which In is the- why I'm curious as to why we haven't seen more exfiltration malware on Macintosh to get their hands on these movies faster, earlier. And be able to distribute them and hurt the studios that uh, way.
0: I, I can answer that question actually. I mean, th- so years ago I did a tour, uh, and it's been years and years, so I can talk about this. But Tiburon Studios, who make like the uh, the Madden games, is actually here in Florida, and so they're all EA and whatnot. And they said that yeah, we have people using Macs, we have people using these you know digital tablets for creating. Artifacts, But they are connected to our data center and they actually went and spent a lot of money uh, to custom modify things like Citrix and VMware so that they could use their hardware digitizing tools and and have it be in real time. But they did that specifically so the IP didn't live on the computers for all these contractors and consultants globally. The data stayed in the data center and then still has a lot of those same controls. The the endpoint is just manipulating it. So I'm not saying that's true of everywhere, but that is definitely true as of 12 years ago for that studio. I would
2: say my opinion is two things. One, the user land in Windows is not protected at all. Um, If you are running in the user context in Windows, you can access all their files by default. Um, That is not true on Mac. If you run a program on Mac, there's this thing called TCC that they talk about in this article transparency consent and control that grants individual applications access to specific directories like downloads desktop all those have to be individually granted permissions within to a specific program so that's part of the reason and i think the the more you know there are so basically there are specific controls that are in mac that are default enabled that protect like just an app from running and accessing all your files unlike one windows But more so, I think it's just the path of least resistance for attackers. Like Mm -hmm. they are used they're used to Windows, number one. They know it's a weaker security context, number two. And number three, they aren't gonna spend all the time researching vulnerabilities and developing them for Mac when it's only a chunk, a smaller chunk of the user population. Yeah. That's like that's my opinion. Is it really it's more of a pain, even if it is like once you get in, Mac is weak. Like once you're actually like trusted in the system or if you have vulnerabilities. Like you don't have like the e d. r as an example, like there's not built out like like Wade said in the comments uh blue teams are not great at defending Macs because we just we aren't used to them. We aren't used to see like can you run uh you know what are the event logs? does it even have event viewers? does it have like a lot of our tools are specific to windows environments, but I think that that those are like my theories, and I would say like Ian in that case where a client our company is doing that they're I think they're potentially actually introducing weaknesses. Right. Because then that stuff's probably just on a file share. So it's like, uh,
0: you know, now it's, it policy, but yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well,
5: but and can uh, also and that's say, a really, go ahead, Ronald. that's a really good point, Corey, because what do we know about the ransomware people and malicious actors in general, they're predators. They're going to go after soft targets. Yep. As soon as you, instead, unless they have, an overriding interest in a specific target, either because of what they're going for or um, whatever ideological, they're gonna go for the softest target they can find. And when you get under the covers, I mean, the, the differences between how Mac OS structures things and how Windows structures structure things, there are subtleties that can make the development end of, of the malware just a, a pain. It's a pain in, in the ass. Am I allowed to say that on this? Anyway, yes. um, okay, so it's, it's a pain in the ass. And I know because I came from a development world and trying to make things that were stable cross-platform is genuinely obnoxious, just even for, for simple applications. So for, for something where you're actually going in, bypassing, escalating, getting into uh, encrypting things and locking it away, yeah, that can be a royal pain. Why on earth? Would I as an attacker want to spend the additional time, effort, skull, sweat, whatever in creating something that I can do cross platform when I've already got rich targets that don't use A V, that uh, don't patch updates, yada yada yada, the whole slew of things that we keep saying over and over again. Hmm. Why would they go after a harder target when there's there's low hanging fruit and easy pickings everywhere they turn? Yeah.
2: yeah i do think that like if someone were to predict that like you did with the marvel movies or other things i think in specific targeted scenarios there will be mac shops that have no windows and will they will have to operate in those environments and i do think over time we'll see an increase i would imagine like i i would put money that in the next few years there'll be some development creative social media um type of shop that has only macs and ends up in a really bad scenario because they don't have, they they probably, you know, will they even have logs of what the attacker is doing? I don't know. It's well, kind of like yeah. for
4: blue teamers out there, we need to really be looking into this though like in, in how we defend these machines in the future. I'm not going to go into a ton of details why, but I do think we're going to start seeing shifts off of Windows as we progress in the next, you know, 15, 20 years. But.
1: Well, or the at the system, very least it- Go ahead. It also seems that Apple is trying to meld more of iOS into Mac OS. Yeah. So, how much of that is going to wind up increasing their footprint and make it much more enticing for the uh, malicious people out there?
2: Well, so sure. things are going mobile. That's a good, that's a really good point. Like, a lot of executives now are like, just hand me an iPad. I don't want to deal with updates and, yep. like, you know, whatever. But also, I think a lot of the controls that are in Mac will probably be added to Windows. So these developers will have to look into these things anyway. And then once they have stuff that does it, you know, now it can be cross-platform easier. I definitely, yeah, I mean, I agree. The, the mobile space that like is expanding and the desktop space is probably retracting like on a, like if we're looking at a global sp- scale of internet traffic, like you probably aren't seeing a ton of people that are at, you know, the executive level or above, or even like a lot of people just do web browsing, email, stuff like that, and they don't need a, a, an actual desktop. So whether I it's think, iOS or iPads or whatever.
0: I think that's a great segue. Uh, and and to end on a thought, uh, Brian Godfrey in the chat there was a while back, but I, I, I saw it. Only worms attack Apple's. Which is such a fantastic, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's you have the one virus thing at the whole thing. Brian, it
2: only know. it makes sense.
5: I, I see a new sticker at, at a future conference. Yes.
0: <laughs> but 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 to that end of the the merging, we've got a story in there about Google Play hides app permissions in favor of developer written descriptions. Thankfully, no one has ever lied on the internet.
1: That's insane. Except uh today there was a new one uh update that Google has now rolled that back due to everybody complaining about it
2: yeah that, uh, that's gotta be the case it's this is seriously like being like, all right, no one used this badly like like
5: <laughs> believe me, yeah. there is no feature that developers have ever not used badly, right,
4: oh, yeah. Legitimate so basically, one. not
0: even like ones trying to be like malicious. Emails to Bronwyn at. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: for anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, when you install an application, it asks for specific permissions. Like, can I access the webcam? Can I access the microphone? What about your files? Usually, that's built into the system. What it displays. This app, you know, the calculator app requested access to your camera. That seems kind of weird. Now there was Google added and has retro retroactively disabled the feature where I can add a custom section that just discusses my app's privacy policy. So if I'm the calculator app requesting your camera permissions, I can just be like, I need this for reasons. And you can be like, well, I don't have anything to argue with that. Um, So it reduces the transparency for what users can see. So classic though. we know Android has a weaker security posture, app wise, malware gets through there all the time, I guess it would kind of fit with the narrative of just anything goes.
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny I, in looking at this article, uh, they don't make any reference to it, but I can I can almost picture the the conversation in the conference rooms at at Google. Right. Where they're going through and saying, hey, we've got to do something about GDPR. GDPR says that you have to have these permissions written and these these privacy settings written in a way that the layman can do it. Oh, well, we can't do that for millions and millions of apps. How could we do it? And then meeting, 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 meeting later. Someone goes, we've developed this thing that the developers can write up a short blurb about the, the things they make. And that would give us the layman's terms around that. And since we're doing that, why don't we just get rid of the other thing to make it easy?
1: I, I would I would bet no there's no amount of money I wouldn't <laughs> bet that that's exactly how that happened.
4: That's probably I think a it's They
1: figured nobody was actually looking at the app permissions anyways, and everybody's going,
4: wait, we do look at that. Well, I was going to say, like, it almost sounds to me almost more like someone was like, okay, so how do we explain this in layman's terms to the layman? And they're like, okay, cool. So one guy was probably in the boardroom, and he was like, okay, I got an idea. Let's call the layman in and ask him what would be useful. And they're like, get out like instead go get the developers and bring them in here and we'll ask them what they think would be useful.
2: I feel like it happens. (laughs) Yes. That never (laughs) happens. Never
5: ever happens. And when it does, I guarantee everybody on the C suite is sorry afterwards.
2: So the, the other thing cynically that I can think of is that companies that harvest data like Google, uh, want things to be less transparent so they can harvest more data google uh so you know having you know the gmail app can access your microphone why is there any reason for that is probably that
4: something like voice to text It is voice yeah. maybe well,
2: but i mean i just made that up i don't even know if that's a specific... i mean it probably can well, but, but that,
4: that's the... the reason they give like it's right. probably for voice to text but they want
2: to soften it they want to soften the blow for the user so it doesn't just say google right would request access to and then it's just every permission on your phone they can be like Here's our privacy policy. it's eight hundred pages. No one ever read it except for this one lawyer like you know it's a way for them to harvest more data, which is their entire business model right Shocker sure. Google, the company that controls the code base that hires that that spends billions of dollars harvesting people's data wants to har- harvest more data more easily in their operating system. That's my cynical take, but Ian's is pretty good too.
0: I've been in enough. Multi-billion-dollar corporate meetings where I can like I can reverse engineer how <laughs> death by committee of a feature that had every good intention uh, rolls out as an absolute dumpster fire. It's more
2: customization for the developers. Power. That's probably what the programmers thought. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Wade wanted us to talk about gas pumps. This isn't cybersecurity news. This is real news. Do
4: People we need are have, like, a different video that introduces the real news. Then
2: gas is so expensive. Yeah, we probably should. This is welcome to Infra- Black Hills InfoSec talking about other news. Apparently, people are hacking the pumps. Who would have thought? $6 a gallon, $5 a gallon, whatever the average price of gas in the US is over or around $5 um, a gallon, which is still cheaper than it is anywhere across the pond. And um, basically, people, police have arrested at least 22 people for either digitally manipulating computers that manage gas pumps or installing homemade devices to discount their fuel. Most common tactics aren't technologically sophisticated. They take advantage of the fact that gas uh, pump infrastructure is heavily standardized. Basically it doesn't go into detail about how the attacks work that I can see. Um, there's apparently a company that makes startup security products for gas stations.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. so
2: Basically they have a remote control option to allow station artists and fuel inspectors to easily access them. They're not regulated. They're on sale. <laughs>
1: Default, eBay? Uh, default passwords so I-
2: i'm guessing this is like a physical device you can buy that connects to the gas pump locally uh and like you could apparently just buy them on ebay like
5: <laughs> oh and like nothing nefarious has ever been bought or sold on ebay
4: never my so, yeah, criminals we should make it illegal
2: well so and there's a thing that says of course the the gas dispenser remotes require codes but guess what gas station owners don't change the codes like mike said (laughs) default and uh yeah apparently suspect was arrested in march using remote control to access a pump and then sold the gas that's pretty funny
5: Um, i mean i can understand the frustration i i just while i was running errands which is why i was late one of the things i this small device sorry that's okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's all right it sounded really Um,
2: official for a second Dude. No, I think it was. I think it was
5: the actual news. Um, the the pay miles a day anymore, the maker, to, to get to and from work. It was still painful going in and, and topping off my tank. And then, of course, I drive back into town and when I see the prices on the, the main drag near near my house, yeah, it's, it's just insane. The, the discrepancies in the prices. So... People are going to try and figure a workaround. Doesn't mean they do it smart, but they're going to try. Now, my question, though, these people that were stopped by the police, were they putting gas in plastic bags? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah,
2: I mean, I I will say on this, like, (laughs) this is it's funny. I think this is kind of, let's call it uh, hyperbolized or overinflated classic news um they're like oh recent months some people have tried to hack the pump it says police have arrested 22 people oh across God. the country so 22 out of 300 million
5: like it's not like it's not like that many people are doing it. Um, i don't think that qualifies as statistically significant
2: i don't think it does either but according to the news it's a huge deal and by the way the gas prices are high we haven't told you about that 50 times in the you know right um so i mean i, I guess from a cybersecurity perspective if you could just buy a flipper or whatever, an RFID signaling device that can talk to these gas pumps, you could access this this remote feature, and the remote feature allows you to just dispense as much gas as you want, which I guess you can talk about, you know, the financial implications or the, you know, but also, it does say in the article, uh, for whatever reason, whether apathy or a lack of knowledge, no one's changing the default password. <laughs> so.
1: The scary thing is this. I did a quick Google search and the hit on... On um, there, there's just a remote co- RF remote control for changing the gas prices That's going for eighty nine dollars on eBay.
2: That's like less than a tank of gas for most people. So that's the financial. I've, I've got a flipper one right here.
1: I've got a flipper one right here. This was substantially more than eighty nine dollars.
2: Well, I also assume that this is one of those things that, uh, as it happens more and more, a lot of these scam. It's like Blue Box. It's like. This, you know, you can build your own once you start buying them. A lot of them are probably scams or are like Wish.com gas pump changer thing on Amazon for like 10 bucks is going to be a scam. And then, yeah, it's just going to be people running around at gas stations pointing things at things and trying to get, you know, things to happen. But
0: well, the interesting thing here is, is uh, Ryan, I threw a, a YouTube link in the, the chat. That's what the folks heard for a second. I forgot my audio was feeding through. But if, if you would put that into the, the larger chat, this is from... Channel Channel 6 News, Orlando. Um, as a matter of fact, Ryan, if since you've got it up there, can we jump to... Um, let's see here. Jump to about, I don't know, a minute. am mm, looking through here to see where the Secret Service agent actually has one of the... De- there we go. Jump to a minute 48.
2: Are they using the device to delete text messages? Sorry,
0: hot take. <laughs> <laughs> minute 48. Yeah, just let it play for a second. Once it's there,
1: build that Here's device, the device, about $40. They've this is the Pulsar, right? Pump. Intel yeah. suggests organized gangs have designed the
0: handmade mechanism that connects with the Pulsar. Call it a perfect fit for the perfect crime. It tells uh, me that whoever designed this knows exactly how a gas pump operates and how this device operates inside the gas pump. This oh my gosh, are you telling me that people can work at gas, gas
1: stations? He <laughs> was installing a skimmer, targeting debit and credit cards so this is and, the next generation
0: yeah it's a manipulation oh yeah. that's some sick graphic that's one of my local news stations here but uh, the reason i wanted to pull that video up is because you can see it's 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 it looks like a maker project <laughs> you know? like it's not anything crazy no wait
2: does does that just stick does it have to go on the inside of the thing or does it is it on the so, outside
0: no. yeah I, I think i gotta go take a look at actually what it does but i as soon as we pulled up this article, I started thinking, I, I bet I know what's happening here. So, you know, when you put the gas in the tank and you, you get that back pressure that, t- that says, hey, you know, you've put, you know, the, the tank is full. Right. And in the mm-hmm. same way that the handle, if you squeeze it more comes out, you know, if you squeeze it less, less comes out. That back pressure pulse is what I think that changes that lies to the system and tells it, hey, the, the flow rate is different you didn't dispense 10 gallons you dispensed five gallons or whatever it is that's that's how i'm betting that works
4: so
2: i think it has to go i think it has to go like inside the pump. i believe i was gonna say like
4: i i, I have a little bit of a different take i'm not disagreeing okay. entirely i just my when i saw it i was thinking it goes on the reel that counts basically because it should be a volumetric pump you would wouldn't
2: it yes like a volumetric sensor? yes okay correct it basically lies to like the Rudimentary electronics and says, "Oh, that
0: that does make sense." Actually,
2: it it basically lies to electronics and says, "Oh, yeah, we've only pumped a gallon, but it's actually a hundred gallons."
0: I'm gonna have to look that up because one of the one of the notes that they made and that we talked about was, you know, these gas station pumps. And here's the thing: like, I was at physical
2: security of the gas station pumps
0: terrible um, because those pumps are ridiculously expensive and very well regulated, and it's one of the reasons that the PCI Council said that you don't have to have chip and pin long after other retail establishments because getting those new chip and pin readers into those devices. And I, I I was up at MasterCard headquarters a few years ago and a, a major, major uh, gas station company that you would be familiar with. I was chatting with the folks that do infosec there and they're like, yeah, you have no idea how bad these systems are. They literally to connect back to the store is like a two wire serial interface so there just isn't the bandwidth to push stuff like apple watch we actually have to dig a trench which is its own epa thing to run new wires through into the store to connect so like half the time they put the satellite dish like on top of the gas pumping thing so that they don't have to trench the parking lot
2: well, so there's those tamper evidence stickers, though, and everyone checks those, right? Absolutely. Every Everyone makes sure that, they, that their gas pump hasn't been tampered with before using it, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Somebody made um, a device that was real cool, but this is for skimmers, where it would detect, uh, you slide it in. Oh, who made that? You could buy it for like 50 bucks, and you swipe it first, which to anyone looking, they're going to think that person, they're putting a the thing in, but what you're really doing is you're checking to see if there's a deep insert skimmer in there, and it will detect a second reader head. So Mm. as you pull it out, it's like, no, there was two reads here. There's something in there that's...
2: I think at this point, though, a credit card is worth about a gallon of gas max. So they're going for the gas instead of the credit
1: cards. Sure.
5: Unless it's a fleet card. Unless it's a fleet card. Matter of fact, I found an article... Because I was looking for statistics on skimmers and Mm. came across this. And one of the things that says flat out leak cards are gold to the people who are, are skimming for credit cards, at gas stations, scroll mm-hmm. down. And matter of fact, the one and only time I've ever had to deal with identity theft, I used an ATM card at a gas station. I was mm-hmm. in a bad part of town. That was a pain. Do
0: you know those what's funny?
2: Those weren't very good thieves. They should have gone to the good part of town where people exactly. have more credit limits.
0: That, well, that, that's what you see more. To be honest, like I almost never worry about getting, and I joked about this in the last neighborhood I lived in, it was a very working class neighborhood, just plumbers and police officers and just very working class folks. And I never worried about leaving my door unlocked. I never worried about anything. My sister-in-law at the time lived in a much nicer, more affluent area, and they had their you know, sliding glass door windows smashed and a bunch of stuff stolen because they were both at work. And everyone in the neighborhood was at work because they were dual income to you know, for this whole thing. And it's the same thing with skimmers. It's like, yeah, I can go to the gas station in the, you know, quote, you know, bad part of town, but how many of those cards are going to be like have five bucks, six bucks, just barely getting by. You're not getting any of the American express corporate cards. You're not getting that stuff.
5: But it's also a numbers game because you got to remember the gas stations that are in the less affluent areas or in Mm. more highly industrial areas, are also less likely to be well maintained and observed. Yeah, that's fair. That's and fair. in an, ad- an industrial area, in, in particular, you're going to have more fleet vehicles.
0: Sure. So, yeah, I was thinking bad part of town, not not necessarily like industrial areas. When you said that, well, but, yeah, but
5: you know, bad, but the right. the opportunity right. in Fine. terms of the maintenance of the opportunity to install skimmers is higher in a bad part of town. And again, this is numbers. It's just like spam. The more spam you send out, the more return you get. The more opportunities you have, you might be dealing with people who only have 5 or $10 in their account. And then you find somebody who just got paid and they've got $800 or whatever. You get enough of those and you're off to...
4: Well, and when you only have you know $10 in your account, you wind up swiping your card through a lot more gas
0: station pumps. That's a fair point, too all good points hey we've only got about three minutes left and if i could make a suggestion um one there are two there are two stories that maybe we don't need to get into but just for the sake of public service announcement uh if you've got uh, atlassian confluence and it's out there on the inters webs for all your remote developers you, you might want to go patch um and the same with uh Uh, Cisco. Cisco's got some pretty major bugs in their Nexus data center devices. So if you're in uh, the enterprise space and you've got one of those giant chassis, uh, time to schedule that change window. So please if you're listening and you're looking for the news like, oh, this was great crypto talk, go patch your stuff too. Um, And then the last bit here, can we talk about the skateboarding dog? The, the, where is it? Uh, Not the Neopets thing. (laughs) uh new air gap attack uses sata cables as antenna i love the skateboarding dog hacker you know type stuff because nobody is there
2: really a skateboarding dog or was that a
0: joke no that's just what they you know in news news things it's
2: i I mean i am kind of i don't you know i don't want to is is bud patches out of the office this week is he got some
0: bud is out of the office He's on vacation
2: oh where where does he go on vacation
0: uh bud oh where there's no where no absolutely no internet uh, oh, interesting. Activity. Yeah, uh, we don't know. Uh, you know, he just leaves. Nobody, nobody, nobody was interested in the story like I was. No. I. I well, wait. Wh- where is it? Oh, the 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 air gap attack. It, it basically, so the this story uh, is using SATA cables, and they were able to determine that uh, you could trick the 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 cable, or you could you know manipulate the frequency and manipulate what was going across it to go in the six gigahertz frequency band and basically turn the SATA cable into an antenna for exfiltration in air-gapped environments.
2: Huh. Now, I wonder, is this one of those things that only works in a lab? Like, because I feel like a SATA cable is usually inside of a metal enclosure. I I, like it's kind of I would love to see this demonstrated in real world,
0: like at a village. Yeah, I mean, they've got video here of them them doing it, but But I agree. The case is off the computer, though. (laughs)
2: <laughs> or maybe that's just the picture.
0: No, I think that's just the picture. There, one of them. the The other has got them on a laptop or something to that effect. So, Wait, I mean,
2: laptops have SATA cables in them.
0: Well, they've got SATA.
4: Sometimes, bowls. usually the unshielded, like flat ribbon style. Mm-hmm. Well, unshielded is
2: good.
0: Right well, for this. Yeah. Oh,
2: I see. The air gap PC is where they're they're, they're attacking. They're attacking from the laptop to the PC. Right. Okay.
4: Right.
2: Yeah, I'd be very curious to see. I mean, what the what the um. Physical distances.
1: Yeah, the physical distance, and the the other question is: is people will go ahead and, and talk about this stuff, and while it's possible, the question is: is how viable is it actually in, yeah, in reality? Yeah, it's like VanEck
2: freaking and stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. like you have to. Okay, so if you're if you're like the your windows target,
1: vibrating in, a, in in a in a house or something, right. Just to go ahead and read the hard drive.
2: Yeah, if you can right. get if you can get your target to bring their desktop computer to a hotel and then set up the desktop computer on the hotel desk which is right next to the wall which is right near where your hotel room is <laughs> you might be able to do it but then you gotta ask yourself the question why is someone bringing an air-gapped computer a hotel?
0: <laughs> oh. well, so the reason i like these stories is it kind of tells what's possible you know, and, and, and the, the phrase I was trying to think of was stunt hacking. Right. Stunt oh, it's totally yeah. stunt None hacking. Yes. 100% stunt yeah, hacking. total.
2: Air gaps. It, anything that erodes the reputation of air gaps is a step in the right direction, though. Exactly. Right? Yeah.
0: So it's but, a good stunt. It, it'd be interesting to see, though, because even when you read the article, it says one one. I'm assuming they mean one meter, one meter away. Uh, considering where the research came from. It was out of, it looks like out of Israel where a lot of that really cool kind of stunt hacky stuff comes from. Right. And then I often wonder when that stunt hack stuff comes out, I'm like, Oh, so like five years from now, we're going to find out this was pivotal in the, you know, Stuxnet two electric. Right. Or something yeah. Like that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we know air gap computers are, uh, there's a lot of really crappy computers that are like, well, it's air gap, so it should be fine. Right. Yeah.
4: No. To be I, fair, i, I have this. seen a few air-gapped computers that are sitting right next to non-air-gapped computers so fair exactly i mean it last. doesn't
2: specify how much air <laughs> it's yeah. just right. some air
4: well I just, mean, so I'm just saying, like i've seen it before where it's like air-gapped computers over here and then like you check your email
0: on the computer sitting right here yep like the towers are touching yep that's that's real common in in dod and dod contractor environments but
2: then wherever. the only tricky part is getting a six gigahertz radio into the environment <laughs>
0: right yeah
4: that, because the receiver, you have a receiver
2: well well can i don't think most wireless cards can receive at that high of a frequency i know five gigahertz but it'd be cool if like any wi-fi card
4: could receive the signals and you just breach a computer well for the most part if you can transmit you with like using the same tools you can receive um maybe with like really diminished efficiency but usually anything that can transmit can receive
2: well also wouldn't you have to compromise the computer first to be able to have it start using its SATA cable as a, like,
5: I, it's I kind of chicken. Which so. brings us back to stunt hacking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what would the, so walk us through, what would be like the real, like, APT level usage of this? Because how, can can you just read from the SATA? Is that the idea?
0: One of its chief uses, and actually I'm reading through here, unlike traditional my, in, in kind of reading through this article, though immediately, like, the the attack surface kind of threat vector i was thinking of was once this gets past you know stunt hacking someone goes oh just like row where it's like oh this is mathematically and theoretically possible now how do we operationalize it and put it on a bluetooth and da-da-da? and that's where this this stuff starts but imagine a scenario where you've got a raspberry pi like device with a um uh you know uh, what is it, an ubertooth one or something like that then you've got a, a box and you go into some building after hours doesn't have to be dod space but uh, you say, hey, we can't get in from the outside. But now this little box has got a, five, five, uh, what was it? a 5G cellular connection. We've got cellular, great. We set it next to this other computer. It's not hooked into anything. And suddenly it's you know, reading off of there uh, any data that's being, being transmitted. I can see that being like really valuable in like bank scenarios and other financial services scenarios where it might be very easy to get into a physical office, but very difficult to get onto the network.
2: So I do think that the air gap box has to be running the eight whatever software to use this as a as a antenna. Well, that that, that makes it so it's harder. You have to compromise the machine. You basically have to be an insider.
1: Right. The guy who developed this also developed the LCD brightness one, the power supply unit uh, air gap. Uh
2: He's really trying to buff up the
1: antenna. I mean, it, it says right there since 2020 he's done four of them. Yeah. So, no, basically, so it sounds he like is, a stunt hacker.
2: He's the king of edge cases. He's <laughs> pretty much. The, he's the king of air gap bypass. If if you need
0: one, call him, but you probably don't. I've been I've always wondered what it means when someone says they're an edge lord, and now I know. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I,
2: I, yeah, that's definitely what it means. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> right, funny. Absolutely. Like if you're this guy and you get a call from someone, hey, I need you to bypass an air gap. Okay, step one, you have to run my program on the compromised system. What? Like, that ruins the whole point of it, doesn't it? If you could already compromise the system, it's just for XFIL, basically.
5: Well, just wait a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and there'll be a new gizmo on Hack 5.
2: Well, but then you got to ask yourself the question, (laughs) how do I get my payload onto the computer in the first place to run it? Like, do I use a USB? And in that case, why don't I just copy all the files on a USB? Like I don't it know. It's very chicken cool. egg.
0: The latest from Hack Five: the SATA snail. The SATA snail is a covert <laughs> operation system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's coming that's out next beautiful.
5: week. Oh, that is beautiful, Ian. Yeah. They need to hire yeah. you. I,
0: I can't. I can't do Darren's voice well enough. But you know, for the <laughs> the promo videos, the SATA snail is an advanced device for your covert operations. Plug it in now, in the it office. it comes with a tactical cargo pants. Right, it comes. Right. But it, it also has to be and can be configured using the extensible Ducky script. Oh,
5: okay. On
0: that note, he, yeah. I think it's time to end.
5: I, I, I hope we don't wind up having liability issues if somebody actually does that.
0: <laughs> oh, I was gonna tell. Da- I was gonna you know tweet at Darren and say like, "Hey, oh, nice. you? here, here you go." Yeah.
2: <laughs> They'd probably say we already have the whatever tool that already does it, bro.
0: Right? Yeah.
4: We
2: already have this. You you, you don't know about the Sata turtle. We already have. Yeah, that.
4: you just take the land turtle adapter to Sata, and then you're
0: good to go.
2: I mean, honestly, I don't know what the wireless restrictions are, but you could probably do it with a pineapple if it can read six gigahertz. It's good to go. I don't
0: think the they they just I literally just got out the mail the other day the five gigahertz add-on module. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it
2: has to be another module then.
0: Mm-hmm. It would have to be. All right. Well, the bots are back. Well, we're leaving bots. So. Meh.
2: Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for listening. No news bye will happen bye. next week. There will be no news between Nick this week and next week. So we'll do the same show again next week.
1: Same bat <laughs> time. Um, I understand. Same bat channel.